Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK Connected podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler, back with another episode in our Connected series, which brings you more than 20 episodes of news, views and the most astute analysis from some of the industry's most interesting voices in these the most interesting of times. Our podcast is just one part of a wider initiative we've set up to support our members through lockdown called IAB UK Connected. Online, you can find a raft of seminars re-engineered as interactive Zoom sessions, advice from specialists on the government's guidance so far, and a showcase of the very best lockdown initiatives from IAB members. Find it all at iabuk.com forward slash connected. Interviewing direct-to-consumer businesses as part of this series has been genuinely fascinating, and today's episode is no exception. This time, it's Charlotte Langley, Brand and Communications Director at Bloom & Wild, the original letterbox flower delivery company. We talk about the precarious business of forecasting right now, the success of their online flower hours, and how the Bloom & Wild culture lives on away from the office through a selection of expertly named Slack channels. But I started by asking Charlotte to sum up their business eight weeks into lockdown. For everybody, the last eight weeks have been pretty mad. Um, and, you know, for us as a business, we've been really fortunate, actually, that that we've been able to carry on trading as an e-com business. And, and sort of the government's been encouraging that to happen. Obviously, we've had to make um, changes and the whole head office team are working mm. from home. We chose to do that before it was kind of mandated because we just felt like the environment was was not how we would want it to be for for the whole team. So we actually did that maybe five days before um, we needed to, something like that. Um, But, you know, I think at this time, when you think about how people are interacting with with each other, that's really the core of our business is really Mm -hmm. about helping customers send their love to each other when they can't be there in person. So, um, you know, for us, we've seen that actually we can play a really positive role in helping people to stay connected and uh, the team are doing an absolutely amazing job to help that keep happening even when we've got like various restrictions obviously we've got social distancing in in our partners um, warehouses and things like that so supply has been a a tricky thing to work out everyone's been working super hard Um, but we've also had like absolutely lovely emails from our customers coming and uh that's really keeping us all going we have a a customer love channel on our slack where we uh our customer delight team post some of the nicest messages and uh that really kind of gives you a boost and makes you think okay actually people really value what we're offering here and we're super aware that you know not all businesses are are able to keep going at this time but it, it makes us feel like well actually we're offering a service that people really value so we'll do everything we can to kind of keep it running safely and, and how's that balance between you know existing com- uh, customers that you've had that even if they just come back to you on things like mother's day and valentine's and occasion based stuff versus new customers you've had I mean, we had tom wallace from gusto um a few episodes ago saying we literally can't take anyone else new you know we, we've got so much that we're doing to service existing cu- customers so what's the balance like for you guys yeah, so I, you know, we are still accepting new customers, but we are not actively going out and looking for any. So um, we, you know, we switched off our, our marketing just because you know, we couldn't, um, with the sort of new sort of supply situation, we, we couldn't keep up if yeah. we were actively going out. And we really wanted to be able to, to uh, service kind of existing customers as well. So, um, you know, across the board, I think we've seen um, different behavior from normal. So, um, 
people uh, who do come up to us new are maybe repeating faster than they would do right. normally. Mm. Um, and we're seeing our repeat customers, for example, um, maybe they are sending more than one bouquet when they order. So our multi-order rate is also has also gone up. But um, I think, you know, the balance between new and, and repeat is probably similar to what it's been um, normally, but we're just not actively going out and, uh, and trying to find anybody new. That makes sense. Uh, t- tell us a bit about Mother's Day, because I mean, that must just be such a such a massive cultural day for you anyway in the calendar, regardless of whether we're staying from home or, or, or we're not. But clearly was different this time around the first Mother's Day uh, under lockdown. You physically couldn't go and see mum. So um, uh, tell us a bit about logistically <laughs> how that worked this year. Yeah, I mean, it was um, so the decision to close the office, we, we took that um, in the the sort of the week before the run up to Mother's Day, so it was quite a big kind of uh, decision for us because we're still a young company. So Mother's Day is our, our biggest peak in the year, and that was going to be our biggest week of trading ever. Um, so the decision to shut the office and say everybody go home was quite a big one, but um, a team honestly just completely smashed it and pulled out all the stops and just responded to then like the new environment really brilliantly um you know we did have some uh, slightly different uh, <laughs> environments so we weren't able to train all of our like seasonal customer delight team normally we get extra people in to ah, right right way more customer queries at you know at our peak times um and because we shut the office we couldn't train them all so meant that uh, the team had to really pull their weight so i spent nice. the saturday calling uh <laughs> calling DPD and making sure that everybody's mum's bouquets got to them. So, yeah everybody really pulled together and um it was a slightly different mother's day trading week but um i think we we managed to to have really great satisfaction rates uh, for our customers despite everything so we're really proud of that and the opt-out that you guys have done which is fairly unique was that for this year or that's something that's ongoing that you that you started already yeah so the um opt-out is where we ask customers just send them a, a little simple text email and say look we know that um days like mother's day can be can be a sensitive time so if you don't want to hear from us about it just opt out here and we yes, won't send nice. you any emails on it um and that started last year actually um and it came from we were just reviewing and the team were reviewing the mother's day from the year previous and our customer delight team said oh there are a few people who asked not to receive emails about mother's day and we thought okay well if there's a few people who've contacted us then actually maybe this is a bigger issue and we mm. should we should ask because we can um, and the response uh, that the team got last year was just extraordinary. Really? Um, and so uh, we now do it on all sensitive occasions, um, you know, including Valentine's Day, Father's Day, um, and make sure that we give people um, give people that choice. Um, and I think people really respond well to it. There are a myriad of reasons, you know, that, that it might be difficult for people. And customer first is one of our company values. Mm. So it just seems the right thing for us to say, look, we'll, we'll only communicate you, to you about things that you want to hear from us about. So, so much comms and marketing gets very, very complex, but it's sometimes the most simple things that sort of are most effective and add the most value sometimes. And it feels like yeah, it's just like the, the perfect yeah. example, isn't it? Um, other ongoing stuff that you've done, of course, you've had um, your thoughtful marketing movement as well. Uh, which again, that's not new for this year, but that's just a kind of a broader thing for Bloom and Wild, isn't it? 
Yeah, so so actually, we we did just launch the thoughtful marketing movement in March, and right. um, and that has come directly out of opt out. And we thought, okay, well, you know, we started doing this opt out. We saw lots of other brands start to do it as well, which we thought is great because you know, yeah. for us, it's about improving the experience for customers, whether they're our customers or or from another brand. And so we thought, well, how can we scale this? How can we, you know, get this kind of approach um, for more customers in different businesses? Um, and so we launched the Thoughtful Marketing Movement, which really brings together um, brands and uh, companies who have that truly customer first approach. And so we launched it in March. We've now got over 100 companies who are signed up. Um, so D2C brands like us, like My First Years, We've got high street names like Paper Chase. We've got publishers oh, wow. like Telegraph, some agencies too. So, yeah, we're really excited about the, the momentum and we're sort of building out at the moment a content plan for the year to include kind of newsletters and articles and events um, so that we can strengthen that community of, of brands who, who really want to put their customers first and want to market their, their, their products and their services in a, in a responsible way. It's amazing. Um, uh, one of the characteristics of D2C brands, you know, from all the, the Arvig study last year, uh, there's that characteristic around how you deal with data, you're able to be very agile, you're, you, you, you can look at it very intensely and, and act on it very, very quickly. Forecasting, though, at the moment is, is such a strange thing because it's, you know, dare I say the bingo word, it's such unprecedented times. But h- how useful is the data that you, you're getting right now? You mentioned some of those changes in behavior that's going to help you, I guess, help you plan in the short term, but that's slightly longer term before, you know, as we start to think about recovery. Do you think people's habits will maintain after, you know, we get back to some sort of normality? You know, people will have a great experience with Bloom and Wild and will uh, gift a bit more or, or, or will people likely revert to what they've done before and perhaps walk to a local florist or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I think we've got to be honest and just say nobody knows. Yeah, <laughs> very, very I good think answer. That, um, you know, a lot of the of what we're trying to do at the moment, you, you can't you can't second guess how people are going to feel and how they're going to act. So uh, what we're trying to do, you know, we have amazing data and tech teams at Bloom and Wild. So we're trying to look at, you know, do people who have, um, jo- you know, joined us for the first time during this period, do they kind of behave differently? So are there different yeah. things that we can do to, um, to kind of give them the best experience that's right for them going forward. Um, and I think it's just about being really agile. And as, as I say, our tech has helped us to do that. So you know, our tech teams have built, you know, as a tool so that we can really quickly map demand and supply and we can be nice. very reactive to that, for example. So I think that's the thing is it's about staying on top of the data and being agile to, to, to react to it because it is just so unknown and, uh, you know, planning even two weeks ahead feels yeah. uh, feels like a long way away at the moment yeah you mentioned uh, marketing and advertising a little bit earlier uh, in terms of you know you, you don't need to at the moment you don't need that overwhelming demand um were there any other decisions um uh, uh, that you made in the process and i i guess when did you switch it off and is is everything off literally if i if i everything you're bidding on in search or, or it's all completely shut down yeah, so the one thing we we kept on was was our um, brand search. Right, yeah. so we sort of thought that, that was that was really important. Um, we're we're just switching back on um, digital marketing now, so mm. slowly ramping it up and and seeing what that does. 
um, we kind of we were already off on TV because we tend to stop that a little bit before Pete. So obviously on Mother's Day, Pete was coming. So we'd already gone off and we hadn't planned it for, for April. So I suppose it changed our plans yeah. for, for this month. But um, we, yeah, we 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 were just unable with the sort of supply constraints that we had to to manage the demand had we been on like normal. So um, we uh, yeah we're just seeing how it goes, taking it slowly and uh, and hopefully we'll be able to you know start investing at our normal levels again soon. Yeah, um, you're doing some amazing things as well. The, the bit that caught my eye was the the 40% discount that you've got for key workers and frontline workers. But I know there's a bunch of other stuff that you're doing doing as well. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned it earlier. We feel really fortunate that we're able to continue operating. So we felt very strongly that we sort of wanted to do our small part to, to contribute to the community. And care and pride are two of our company values so it seemed really important that that we a you know showed care beyond just our own business and also that the team could feel proud of what we were doing at this time so um so yeah we decided that we would give all frontline workers um a 40 percent discount and you know we're really lucky to have a tech team who are able to build the tech so that we could scale that so so far we've had 66,000 signups and yeah it's amazing yeah so huge response like we weren't expecting anything like that <laughs> um, so it's been really nice to be able to do that but we're also we're donating 15 percent of the profits on um our florist pick bouquets to the national emergencies trust um and so we've been able to uh donate so far of sixty-seven thousand to to them so that's absolutely yeah. massive and we're doing similar things in in france and germany as well um we're doing nominations for key workers so if um people have somebody they think should deserves a, a free bunch of flowers at the end of the week and um, again you know we're, we're giving away 10 a week but we've had seventeen thousand nominations to date um, so they make us cry every week without fail um and then then some like you know operational things like we have a a supplier in france who had grown loads of tulips but then because all of the physical stores had to shut had this sort of glut of tulips so we then created some new bouquets and used them on our uk site as well and just tried to sort of prevent that wastage problem as well so yeah various various things going on and we as i say we've just been slightly overwhelmed by the response um uh, there's something fascinating in uh when i was sort of reading through the research notes for this you've got some incredible I mean, we're talking lots about culture at different companies and how people are adapting to working at home and i guess the conclusion you come to which is put very well by one of other i guess is that culture is fundamentally about people it's not about slogans and office buildings and all the rest of it um you've got the most sensational slack channels that you guys use for all sorts of different (laughs) things which culturally feels brilliant tell us a bit about some of the slack channels and what they do and different purposes for them yeah so i mean we've got an amazing culture at bloom and wild and our people team is is particularly great and i think you know they really made a huge priority to kind of allow us to keep that culture wherever we were so yeah we've got a few a few good slack channels first one is kitchen so uh you know we have a kitchen in our office and that's where people would have a chat over making a cup of tea so we tried to replicate that so in the morning people are saying good morning and certainly at the beginning as well you know we we were replicating chats that we'd have like oh why do you use a boiling tap and not the not the kettle <laughs> things like that just to keep people amused salacious um, gossip as well I'd yeah imagine, oh know, yeah all the gossip, all the gossip. <laughs> <laughs> 
bit of fun in the kitchen. We've also got, you know, at the beginning, we launched a working from home hacks channel. So nice. yeah, I think people are now into the swing of things, but that was really useful at the beginning. Um, people sharing like where you could get equipment if you didn't have it and, and things like that. And then we've got a head health channel as well, which um, Sophia, our, our finance director, has set up actually. And she, I think, really tapped into something important, which is that people needed a space where they felt like they mm. could say they were having a tough day or yeah. um, where people could share things that they were finding helpful to to help them cope and I think that sort of sense of it's okay not to be finding this the most wonderful time of your life uh, has been a really important yeah, yeah. Um, thing for the team and so we've had some really useful tips shared on there and, and it's also been useful to gather how people are um, finding it both negatively and positively and actually I think most people are having now that they've got used to it quite a, a positive experience of being at home so it's useful for us then to take that forward and think okay well how do we change our setup um, and yeah. we are able to go back to the office like do we have a different sort of policies and uh, about working from home in general and I think uh, there's so many conclusions being drawn now I, I, I saw the news this morning that that Twitter have come out and said just perfectly fine if you want to work from home forever it kind of works for us and there's lots of other examples of companies who are going to either downsize or or try and get that balance um it does feel weird that we would all just revert back to how we did it before i mean part of it is going to be that we can't because we're going to have to socially distance and commuting is going to be completely different but we've kind of found new new rhythms and ways of doing things and i I wonder what anything for you personally that you've got out of not being in the office that you've sort of taken as a, a as a positive. Have you got the balance right? I suppose is one question. That's sort of. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm now working and I'm now at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think it's hard. I'm lucky. I, I, you know, I've got a room that I can work in, so I shut the door at the end of the day. That's really important. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I think one of the things that you know I feel, and I know that other members of the team feel is that when you're trying to do deep thinking work mm. actually this has been a really great time for that yeah. um so some of those bigger projects are you know people are finding easier to to make progress on which is is interesting i suppose we kind of knew that before but i think it's the amount of time you now are at home it's yeah. not just a day here and there um is really helping with that so that's an interesting kind of insight um, going forward and I think the other thing we've heard is that you know some people like I'm quite a regular person you know I like to have my break at lunchtime but some people you know that isn't that doesn't yeah. work for them and they've really yeah. enjoyed taking breaks when it suits them and nobody's going to ask you know any questions or, or think that's odd so I think uh, it has shown that you know we can all be a bit more flexible to yeah. responding to how people work best and just acknowledging that that is different for for different people and if you, I mean, it's a it's a noddy question to ask you, are you missing people? Because I think the answer for everyone is, in terms of colleagues, we definitely are. It was, there's some things that were so easy before you could just bowl up at someone's desk and ask them something. And now I need to schedule a Zoom call and it can't be this and all the rest of it. But um, is the sort of the video conferencing thing working in terms of, you know, just those catch-ups with it, whether it's one-to-ones with teams, whether it's big, you know, 20-person meetings, I guess we're all kind of working out like we can all do it now, which is good. Um, is it much of a substitute for, you know, being in a room with people, particularly we, we were talking to um, to Camilla, who's a CEO of a creative agency who said, you know, the whole, the whole culture is around whiteboarding stuff and coming up with ideas, which relies on people in a room, but she was surprised how people were managed to adapt. But are, are there things that it's really hard to replace on, on, on VCs that is sort of better with people in a room or was? Yeah. 
Like, I think I think that thing, you know, I, I head up the brand and creative team. And so, uh, yeah, I think we felt that strongly that, you know, mm. where we would have all sat in a room and whiteboarded, it's different. We've used things like Google Jamboard okay. in, in place of that, which has been quite fun. You can all add things at the same time. So <laughs> that's the like you know slightly replicates that feeling not the same, but, yeah. um, and actually I think one of the things that I've been sort of like pleasantly surprised by in this period is that actually people are feeling quite innovative because it you mm. know because everything is so different you, know, you have to think differently and so I've been like super proud of my team the way that they've responded I mean we've had to do like we can't do any shoots for example so you know, when peonies is happening, peony season is happening at the moment, which is another big time of year for us. All of that, my team is managed by sending bouquets out to members of our team, giving oh, them guidance right. on how to, how to shoot at home. I've just done some this morning. Um, <laughs> and we've done the whole thing, you know, without going into a studio. Um, and they've been really innovative. You know, one of the other things we're doing is um, flower hours on our Instagram live. Nice. And, that has just been a huge success. We've had, you know, about 16,000 people every time tuning into that. And, uh, and you know, we, we would never be able to, mm. to reach that number of people with a physical workshop. So actually, I think, you know, whilst it's difficult and it's hard and it's like quite emotionally draining as well as everything else, I think it has given us an opportunity to really stop and think and, and force us to be creative. So I think in that sense, creativity has almost blossomed during this time. Yes, and no pun intended on, on blossomed either. But I love, <laughs> I love the point on innovation. It's brilliant. Um, we always finish, Charlotte, with two questions for every guest. And uh, the first is, can you describe the view from us from where you're sitting right now? What can you see? Yeah, so, well, I am actually in the countryside. I'm squatting at my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> so I've very idyllic view i can see a, a country village green actually oh, lovely. Uh, it's very nice i feel very lucky and the listeners won't be able to see this but you've got the most amazing spiral staircase behind <laughs> you as well which is just phenomenal yeah. i'm going to tell my dad about that he's very proud of this spiral yeah, staircase. Uh, entirely <laughs> wasted on a podcast and <laughs> all my zoom calls everybody comments on it um and then the second question is um did you make a lockdown to-do list at the very start and if you did have you ticked anything off yet we've had language learning we've had someone james from tales.com was learning how to do a wheelie on his bike i mean we've had all sorts of things any lockdown to-do list oh my god no do you know what i'm in the camp of let's just try and get from one day to the next (laughs) (laughs) i started at the beginning thinking oh i can do loads more exercise it just and I'm trying to be kind to myself to be really honest so i think um i've been doing i'm doing a lot more cooking so uh I've, uh, I, I'm not going to say I mastered a lemon tart last week, <laughs> but uh, I made a good go of it. So yeah, trying to be a bit more adventurous in the kitchen. So that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, Charlotte, thank you so much for giving a, giving us 20 minutes. I mean, it sounds like business is maybe interesting as the word, but I mean, it's just so interesting to hear about all the insights and the different behaviors. Like I said, I love the stuff around uh, all the Slack channels. And uh, the, well, I'm certainly going to pep up the IB ones anyway. We, we definitely need a kitchen one. Um, but thank you for giving us some time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much. The IAB UK podcast. Charlotte Langley from Bloom and Wild there. The opt-out thing I love because it's just so simple yet so effective. And it's great to see that other companies are doing the same. The first thing I did was Google Google Jamble, which looks incredibly interesting and uh, something that they're using to help them create and innovate. 
And I, I mean, I said it in the intro, but the Slack channels thing is so brilliant. The idea that you try and sort of recreate all the gossiping that's going on around the uh, the office kitchen or tea point uh, virtually is uh, is rather good. Uh, that's it for the next three weeks or so as we take a break from this usual podcast format and give you 16 mouthwatering audio sessions in our Engage Conference Rethink. Stay engaged. Every day we'll put a brand new session in your inbox and it's everyone from Tom Goodwin to Lad Bible to friends of the podcast at Red Apple Creative and a very special finale in the Ken Falls listening party and it's not to be missed. If you want to listen to more episodes like this one or look at everything else that we're doing to support IAB members right now, go to iabuk.com forward slash connected and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for IABUK. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. And thank you for all the support that you've given this new version of the podcast so far. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.